Good evening, Mendocino County. I'm Michelle Hutchins, County Superintendent of Schools. In tonight's edition of Inside Education, I'll interview new educational leaders in our community. I'm going to be talking with superintendents hired this July about their experiences starting to lead their new school communities. We'll be talking to Fort Bragg Unified School District Superintendent Joe Aldridge, Manchester Union Elementary School District Superintendent Kristen Larson-Ballier, and Laytonville Unified School District Superintendent Bruce Peters. These interviews were recorded on September 16, 2022. Most people think they know what goes on in schools because, face it, we've all been to school. We've all been to actually, most of us, 12 years or more of school. And that makes us believe that we're quite knowledgeable on what happens inside school districts. When in reality, school leaders face very unique challenges, especially when they move to a new community. In tonight's edition of Inside Education, we're going to explore the experiences of our new district superintendents that have just taken on their jobs this August. We'll learn not only what their excitements are in their jobs, but what challenges they see that they face, as well as reflections from their own childhood and their own educational experiences. We are unique this year in that we have five new leaders in school districts, the school districts of Fort Bragg, Manchester, Laytonville, Willits Unified, and Potter Valley all have new superintendents this year. We did reach out to all five. However, only four of the five did respond to our invitation for an interview this evening. This evening, I have with us Joe Aldridge, the superintendent of Fort Bragg Unified. Superintendent Aldridge, would you tell us a little bit about what you did prior to July 1, 2022? Sure. So this is my uh, 21st year in education. Um, I have been, I have served in South Carolina, uh, Virginia, Arizona, and California as uh, in education. Uh, Northern California since uh, 2009. Um, I started off as a principal in uh, Round Valley and uh, had some time there. Spent some time in Willits as well as a alt ed principal. Um, went down to Lakeport as their director of student services out to uh, my first superintendent gig out in Tuolumne County, working with Columbia Union School District. Um, and then came back last year, I was the uh, superintendent for uh, Willits Unified. And uh, now here I am in, in Fort Bragg, and it's a, it's a lovely place to be. So you're no stranger to Mendocino County. No stranger at all. Nice. Love Mendocino County. Love being here. It is a beautiful place to live. It is. What inspired you to become a school administrator and move to such a remote part of California, despite Gosh. the beauty that we have here? Yes. So it's a wonderful place to live. But um, at, to become an administrator, uh, I was in, I think, my third year of teaching, and I was working as a teacher on special assignment. And uh, my principal passed away two weeks before school started. So I kind of got thrust into a role to uh, act as a, almost as an assistant principal for that year and uh, decided I really liked the work. I moved to Virginia then to get my, um, my master's so that I could move forward with uh, administration. And you know, being here in California, while I was in Arizona on the, the Navajo reservation there, I met my now brother-in-law 
took over my classroom um, when I went on to teacher as a special, uh, the, the TOSA position, moved to Mendocino County as a sub and was saying, hey, the principal at the school quit. And so he was sort of my inside to getting connected out here to Mendocino County. What are your short-term goals? What do you expect to do in the first 100 days at Fort Bragg Unified? And what, is you, what do you also see as your long-term goals and what you want to accomplish? So short-term, you know, we're already in, gosh, it's day, I don't know, 75. So <laughs> pretty close to that 100 uh, days. Been trying to get out and uh, get to know folks in the community just get to see our, our systems, see, you know, kind of what's in place, uh, what, what's working well, and then also analyze what, what our needs are. Um, so it's been a, a really fun time just getting to know the, the Fort Bragg community. It's a great place. They, they really care and support for the, their schools. Um, we have a wonderful staff here and it's been great to, to get to know some of our students as well. Um, so, you know, that the 100 days is starting to wind down, but I'm starting to see some patterns of things that, that we need to focus in on. Uh, we're staying really committed to uh, supporting students with their social emotional needs um, and really looking at ways that we can incorporate uh, areas of the curriculum that maybe um, we haven't seen uh, the technology is finally starting to catch up and, and has made some leaps over the, the, the years. So some of the, the uh, long-term goals that we're looking at, um, we're definitely beefing up our physical education program. Um, I think that's something that uh, we've all seen a need for coming out of, of the pandemic. We're looking at opportunities to really start to move forward with uh, some innovative instructional models, such as uh, universal design for learning to support student progress in all classes, and to make sure that every student has a home in every class, that they're the no student feels that they don't belong in our schools. That's, uh, that's hugely important to me. I'm also looking at some opportunities to address some of our CTE, our career and technical education uh, curriculum. Uh, I would really like to, to expand the pathway and add in a, a horticulture pathway for us. Uh, there, it's a very active community here in Fort Bragg that folks grow food in their gardens and whatnot. And I wanna see uh, maybe some, some actual structure to food production that we can use within our community, hopefully within our school community, and we already have a partnership with uh, the Noyo Food Forest. So we want to expand that, use some of those facilities to be able to actually offer classes and, and students to get credit there. I, I also see us just uh, really continuing our, our work with equity and looking at the, the whole system. And we're actively planning right now for extended learning opportunities um, program. So uh, that's, a, that's a lot in the first year, but that's, we're trying to get all that done. What do you foresee as your challenges in getting all of that done this year? Folks are still, we're just recovering from the pandemic. And I, I, I think I went to all of my staff at first and said, my goal for you this year is that you're happy coming to work. And because if we're happy adults in the school, our students can be happy students. And then we can move forward with the work that we know how to do. I want to get that message out there and really get folks re-engaged all the way around our, all of our staff. They're wonderful staff, but last year was a rough year for us all. And uh, just trying to get to that that point that we're all seeing that joy and, and remembering the reasons why we, we, we got into education and, and the, the lives that we want to change. And then to also get our students engaged in a way that some of them haven't seen at all. I think about like some of our, our kiddos who uh, haven't seen a normal year yet. I, I want them to, to see that school is a wonderful place to be and, and enjoy uh, being here and learning and growing. 
You're listening to Joe Aldridge, our superintendent at Fort Bragg Unified School District. Superintendent Aldridge, have you received any significant pushback pushback to implementing any of the new programs our governor is asking schools to implement this year, meaning universal kindergarten or our extended learning programs or any of the social-emotional, et cetera? You know, I haven't really uh, had any significant pushback around anything. Um, I think that the community would love to see us uh, be able to offer a full day transitional kindergarten program. And unfortunately, our facilities just aren't there yet. Um, If you go by our Redwood campus, we are building and we will be there um, hopefully by the start of next school year that we have more facilities. Um, But it's that's always our our challenge is trying to to keep up with some of these opportunities that come out from the state. They're, They're very well intentioned, but sometimes they don't know the impact that it's going to have on a small community like ours. As far as the, the extended learning program, we're really excited about working with the Mendocino Coast Rex and, and Park Department to make sure that we expand our award-winning kudos program um, using those funds. But we're also looking at the opportunities that to kind of update some equipment that we have that's used frequently by those programs. So, uh, so we're looking at some upgrades at, at Dana Gray Elementary we're also looking at the, the opportunity to possibly add a classroom at Redwood as well that's specifically dedicated to ex- extended learning. How do you plan to engage parents as active participants in their child's education this year? You know, I think we're already uh, making some significant headway there. We're trying to find one of the, the nice things, I guess, that you could say that came out of the whole pandemic is people's familiarity with online meeting structures. And we're finding that there are certain parent groups, uh, such as our, our English Learners Advisory Committee, that really prefers to meet in that format because they can continue to support their families while also having input and, and moving forward. But we're also bringing back other structures, um, getting parents involved on our campuses again, and just trying to really roll out the welcome mat and make sure that they feel uh, we want them there. I think that was a unfortunate byline that came out of the uh, the pandemics that at schools that we were trying to shut parents out. And it was just an an unfortunate side effect of uh, the the pandemic restrictions that we had in place. Mm. That's very true. So Superintendent Aldridge, again, you're listening to Superintendent Joe Aldridge from Fort Bragg Unified. Have you noticed any patterns or trends within your student body throughout this year? Is there a different level of student engagement or are different age groups responding differently um, to the strategies that teachers are using to re-engage students? Um, you know, I, I would say one of the trends that I see is probably more students at um, the, the early elementary level who are having a hard time separating from parents. And that's been, uh, you know, I've been in elementary schools for a long time and I've seen that pattern before with students, but uh, I, I just, the, the number of students is probably more than I've seen in, in other settings. And I think that's just, you know, I think kids know when they've been through some stressful, their parents have been through stressful environments and things, building that trust in schools and, and understanding. And so I see that as probably an interesting pattern of, among our youngest students. Uh, with our older students, I think it's just getting them back into, to, uh, buying into our mission and, and understanding where we're all moving with this and, and seeing the point of, of continuing their education. It, it's hard to compete, compete with, our, with TikTok and video games and 
all the other things that compete for our students' attention um, in, in the same way. And our teachers are trying to do an excellent job with that. And they're learning all the time to, to grow and develop. So I'm sure that we will get there, but it's, it's going to be a challenge to overcome for sure. Thank you. Moving back to you personally, how has starting a new job in a new community been? It's been wonderful so far. You know, it's, I have to say out here on the coast, of course, we have enjoyed beautiful weather. You know, we moved down in June and it's, it's just been gorgeous since then. Uh, we got to uh, avoid the, the heat wave and things. So I'm very sorry to our, to the inland listeners uh, that had to endure that. That was, uh, that was something else for sure. But uh, the, the community has been very welcoming, has uh, welcomed me with open arms. And, and uh, I just really appreciate everybody's willingness to, to take the time to say hi and, and just bring us in. Uh, my wife and children are just uh, over the moon. It, it has been a great move for them. My daughter started middle school this year, and I, I don't know how many middle schoolers I've ever been in, interacted with that said, uh, yeah, I'm happy about going to school. I want to go do that again. <laughs> and she's happy. She's, she's loving middle school right now. So, Very good. Yeah, it's, it, it's an awesome experience for us all. This is Joe Aldridge, superintendent of Fort Bragg Unified. We're learning a little bit about Superintendent Aldridge on the personal level. So when you lie in bed at night, Superintendent Aldridge, what do you think about in terms of improving education? You know, I think about every student getting what it is that they need to be successful every day. And how do we, it's, it's a very simple statement, but it's a very complex uh, ask for the staff that we have in place. So how do we put in the structures to ensure that our staff have the training support and, and time necessary to do that? and that every one of our students leaves with uh, a guaranteed promise to what we have, that we fulfilled the promise that we make to them to create, help them become engaged citizens, um, to really move out into the world with some workplace skills and to really be able to move out into the college life if that's what they choose or the, the skilled trades or, or whatever it is that, that's going to make them happy and fulfilled in life and know that's good enough and that's really what we wanna see. What about your own education? What were some of the most important memories you have from years you were in school? One of the, the most impressive moments I had, I had an awesome science teacher when I was in middle school. And strangely enough, his name was Mr. Vile. Very fitting for a science teacher, but- Very fitting, um, indeed. And, and he was awesome with a lot of hands-on opportunities. It was really in his class that I thought, you know, this education thing's not too bad. I might want to do that for a profession one day. So that always kind of stood, stood with me. I remember he had, for a pendulum lesson that we had, standing at the front of his class, and he put uh, a bowling ball on a, a rope and had it held it to my nose and then let it go. And then watched very carefully to make sure I didn't lean forward so it didn't smack me in the face, but just showing that, you know, it loses energy after each swing. And, you know, it kind of sticks with you. <laughs> You know, reflecting back on that, reflecting on the time that I had when I was in high school, I was very active in the marching band and with our, we had a Naval Junior ROTC program. So just looking at, at opportunities that, like I say, keep kids engaged. I, I lived in a rural community growing up. It would have been really easy to just get lost and, and go find other things to do. But those, those sort of opportunities kept me engaged and, and helped me be where I am today. What are some of the happiest moments you've had in your school years or your school career? I would say definitely when I was in the 
the ROTC program I was mentioning, I got to meet with our state senator and they literally were ready to sign the letter to have to recommend me to the Naval Academy. And I thought I was very honored by that. And then I also took a step back and said, I'm not sure that's the direction I want to go. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't. I'm not sure I would have been here. I probably would have been in military leadership somewhere. But so that was a that was a very happy moment. I was very proud of everything that kind of led to that. And then also, like I said, as being a part of marching band, just being able to learn how to be a a leader there, how to work with a, a large group of people and, you know, move things forward to a to a common goal. It was was really awesome. We, I think it was my junior year, got to go to London and spend time there as the marching band and just get to see the world some. And again, it just added to that whole narrative that we, we've got to get our students out to, to understand the wonderfulness that's out there in the world so that they understand even better how wonderful Mendocino County is and, and what we have to offer here. Do you have any sad moments that you've experienced in your school career that you want to share with the listeners today? When I was in middle school, I, like a lot of students, uh, was the subject of bullying and used a lot of humor to play that off and whatnot. But I was always kind of a, a bigger kid and, you know, I had kids pick at me about different physical aspects and, and that sort of thing. So that, that was always a challenge coming through. And, and I, I would say still to this day, I, I am pretty fierce about handling those types of situations with, with students and, and making sure that they understand the long-term impacts that can have on on other people. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Joe Aldridge, the superintendent in Fort Bragg Unified. This is Michelle Hutchins with Inside Education. Superintendent Aldridge, Mendocino County is made up of many unique communities. If you ask residents from any of these communities what they love about where they live, each one will boast about the support their community gives to them and their neighbors. Most of our schools experience stable leadership, Knowing you live and work in a community eager to see you thrive, what support do you need? How can the residents of Fort Bragg help you succeed in the job you have? You know, I, I think the, the number one thing that I need is for folks to just come in and, and say hi, communicate what the needs are and what the desires are. You know, I'm new to the, new to the community, so I don't always know exactly what the history is about particular things. And, and I know that, that there's a lot of history in, in small communities, and it's important that it gets acknowledged and, and honored as we, we implement new programs and new thoughts on things. So just coming in with the understanding that I'm, I'm not seeking to be malicious in any way, that I, I want to truly understand. And uh, even if we don't agree, that's okay at the end of the day. The, the diversity in opinions is really what makes our community a strong place to be. And uh, I, I love being able to honor that and figure out ways that really honor as many people in the community as we can, but provide our students with a world-class education at the same time. Thank you, Mr. Aldridge, for your time today. You're welcome. This is Michelle Hutchins with Inside Education. And now we're going to be interviewing Kristen Larson-Ballier from Manchester Manchester Union School District is the smallest school district that we have in Mendocino County. I will let Ms. Ballier talk about that herself. Superintendent Larson Ballier, tell us a little bit about what you did prior to July 1, 2022. For many, many years, I was a principal in the Temecula Valley, and then I decided to move out to the coast with my husband, and I actually took a teaching job for a couple of years, 
it was a lot of fun to go back into the classroom. And I taught high school at Point Arena High School. Though I did miss being the head of a school, I enjoy leading um, schools. And so when I saw that Manchester was looking for a superintendent and principal, I, um, I jumped at the chance. You're not new to the coastal community. You had been working at Point Arena High School for a few years prior to taking the position in Manchester. Yes, I worked at Point Arena for two years. I moved here and uh, simultaneously took that job at Point Arena High School for two years prior to taking this job. Great. What inspired you to take on a school administrator position, especially in what I'm going to say is our smallest school district in Mendocino County? Well, I've always enjoyed school administration, and I think the greater part of my uh, career has been in school administration, mostly in Southern California in the Temecula Valley Unified School District. I was missing that opportunity to lead. I really enjoy working in the classroom, but even more so, I enjoy working with teachers, communities, and students together to kind of lead an entire school. I was very intrigued when I saw that this uh, position had come up. It was much smaller than any school I've ever led before. The last school I was with uh, had about a thousand students. So uh, we're very tiny here at 35. And I thought, what an awesome opportunity to really take a small school, a small staff and be able to work very closely with everybody. And that's exactly what it's been. It's been really awesome. So Superintendent Larson Ballier, what are your short-term goals? Say what you expect to do in the first 100 days. And then what do you see as your long-term goals and what you actually want to accomplish by the end of the year? I would say my short-term goals are first to get to know the community, the school community, the teachers, the students, and, and businesses around to make sure that I am respecting and maintaining these very deep traditions that we have here at the school while still looking to build upon those and um, and to move forward. In terms of things that we are doing right now, we're getting ready to adopt some new curriculum and that's very exciting. Our 6-8 group has adopted new math curriculum and we're looking at English language arts curriculum for the entire school. We're very excited about that. Uh, beyond that, I would just say to maintain and strengthen the very positive culture that we have here and to maintain and strengthen the very positive instructional practices that we have here. So that those would be my short-term goals. Long-term goals, we're looking at things like improving the facility. Uh, we our, our school is beautiful. It's on some very nice grounds. We're very near the coast, uh, but it is old. And so we're looking at things like adding structures to the playground or um, resurfacing. And then beyond that, really working to build some leadership programs with the students, um, giving them opportunities for some authentic leadership. Those are some of the things that we have kind of on the horizon. You're listening to Inside Education. This is Michelle Hutchins. We're interviewing Kristen Larson-Ballier. She is the superintendent of Manchester Union Elementary School District. Superintendent, what do you foresee to be the best part of being an educational leader in such a small community? 
I think the best part, and I have even had a chance to glimpse this uh, just as a teacher at Point Arena, but the best part is to really get to know these families deeply and to really watch the progress of the kids as they move through their school career. I love to watch uh, kids matriculate from one school to the next. And the really neat thing about being in this community is that you continue to run into those students. So having taught at the high school prior to this, I now see students, uh, you know, working in a restaurant or serving me at the gas station or asking me for help with um, college essays. And I look forward to doing that with these students here as well, just really maintaining those relationships and watching them as they mature into high schoolers and beyond. What do you foresee to be your challenges of being an educational leader in Manchester? I would say the greatest challenges are probably around funding. So we're a very small school and we're a basic aid district because we have such a small population and because of the state of California in general, our funding isn't all that we would hope that it would be. So we've had to be sort of, uh, you know, creative in looking into things such as beefing up our playground structures and things like that. Yeah, I would say funding is really our greatest challenge. I would say our second greatest challenge would probably be staffing. We're very fortunate that we do have a full staff of teachers. And I know that that is um, a thing that most schools are struggling with. We do have those positions filled with highly qualified educators, but we struggle to find instructional aides. We're looking for a support teacher to help with some of our additional um, ELD instruction and intervention instruction. It's very difficult to find people who are ready to go into education. And I think that's statewide, probably not specific to Manchester. Yeah, it is. It is statewide. You're listening to Superintendent Larson Ballier from Manchester Union Elementary School District. And Superintendent Larson Ballier, what has been the most surprising aspect of leading your school community so far, good or bad? You know, I would have to say the deep roots that people have here at the school have been the most surprising. And I would say that this is good. It's really amazing to know that the superintendent who preceded me actually attended this elementary school. Uh, My business manager has been here for over 20 years and all of her kids went here. As I delve deeper into records about the school, I see names of people who I know in the community who are 50 or 60 years old. It's amazing just the depth, the deep roots that people have here and the deep history that exists at our school. Let's talk a little bit about COVID recovery in your schools. Realizing much of this planning may have occurred before you joined the school community, what kind of strategies is your school implementing or plans to implement to keep students safe and recovering from unfinished learning? I would say that of all the schools I'm aware of, Manchester Elementary has probably been the most careful in terms of being uh, recovering from COVID. In fact, we began the year with mandatory masking for the first couple of weeks. And after a parent survey, we did go to optional. However, because of one case within the school, we went back to mandatory masking and we will go optional again on Monday. I see our teachers doing a wonderful job in making sure that our kids are washing and sterilizing their hands every single time before and after recess, before and after eating. I see kids being respectful to one another. If somebody is wearing a mask, even when we're optional, 
and another child is not wearing a mask, we're teaching to be respectful. If this person is wearing a mask near you, you need to give them their space or you need to put one on to show respect for the fact that they are concerned about COVID. And so I feel really good about COVID recovery here. We have had very few cases throughout the entirety of the pandemic. And I think it's because our staff and community are so committed to the safety of our students. You're listening to Kristen Larson-Ballier, Superintendent of Manchester Union Elementary School District. Superintendent, how do you plan to engage parents as active participants in their child's education this year? We really enjoy engaging parents. And in fact, we had back to school night last night and there I was trying to recruit for our various parent committees. We have a school site council that is kind of an umbrella organization for many of our parent committees. And so under that is our health and wellness committee, various other committees. And so we work really hard to get parents out to school site council, really hard to get parents out to our events. Those are very well attended. We make sure that we always have a translator uh, present so that if anybody is a Spanish speaker, they're able to understand everything that we're doing and talking about. But most of all, I would say we're keeping it fun. We're sending home newsletters. We're putting up uh, signs on our marquee um, to make sure that parents know about all the exciting things that we're doing and to make sure that they're aware that they are invited to participate. And so that's been very successful. Even though we have a small student body, we have very active parent involvement here at the school. Superintendent Larson-Ballier, have you noticed any patterns or trends within your student body throughout this coming back to school experience? Are different age groups responding differently? What's your student engagement like? How are your teachers feeling? Give us an overview of what the campus culture is like today. I think as I already mentioned, what I notice here as I guess a pattern or a trend is just the high level of respect that our students are showing to one another. And it's, you know, I've been in education over 30 years. It's really gratifying to see that kids have really been taught to care about one another and to be careful and and wise in terms of uh, transmission of COVID. So that's been awesome. Students seem to be very excited to be back. You know, this is their, it's kind of their second year back in person and they seem just really uh, grateful for the experience, Um, highly engaged, really excited. In terms of different age groups, I will say that we're noticing, particularly with our younger students, that lack of socialization that they may have had during those COVID years has led to uh, kids coming to school perhaps a little bit less ready to participate in groups. They haven't had that preschool training, perhaps. So, you know, learning to sit in the circle, learning to take turns. We're seeing a little bit more of, um, a little bit more impulsiveness and a little bit more fearfulness because I think they just haven't had as many opportunities to become uh, used to school. And that they're working through that, kids are doing well, but I would definitely see that I would say that I've seen an impact on our youngest students not having had those school opportunities that they normally would have had had uh, the pandemic not happened. How will your schools then measure unfinished learning that students may have experienced from the pandemic? We are, uh, this school, even before I came, had a 
a pretty nice system in place of kind of uh, taking some benchmark data to see how students were doing. They're also uh, very well uh, accustomed to you know, checking progress against grade level standards and things like that. It's easy for our teachers to know where our students stand. They have the unique challenge of teaching three grade levels within one class, but they do it very beautifully with a part-time aid. And what I see our teachers doing is just meeting students at where they are while kind of intensely uh, working with them to pull them forward to the next step, you know, to make sure that they are at grade level or are getting, are approaching it. I see, oh, I see volunteers coming in to work with kids. I see after school tutoring available through some organizations such as EduAct. And I see teachers working really hard through their PLC conversations to get just laser focus on who needs help and how are we going to provide that through our MTSS systems. This is Michelle Hutchins. You're listening to Inside Education. I'm interviewing Kristen Larson-Ballier, the superintendent of Manchester Union Elementary School District. Moving back to you personally, how has starting a new job in a new community been for you? It's been great. I think I'm really lucky in that I had that opportunity to move exactly where I wanted to be, to the coast. Then I had an opportunity to go back to the classroom and work at the high school and become known in the community. So that now that I joined here, I feel like everybody already kind of knew me. Many of these kids are siblings of kids with whom I've already worked. And that's been great. Beyond that, I would say in general, the community has been really, really welcoming. I think this whole Mendonoma, we call it the Mendonoma um, coastline here, is especially welcoming to educators. They know how hard educators work and they know how hard it is to find good educators. So they are extraordinarily uh, welcoming and supportive and I've really enjoyed that. What about your own education? What were some of the most important memories that you have from the years you were in school? Well, I love school and I would say what I loved most of all uh, was music instruction. I was... uh, very, very involved in bands and orchestras and things like that. And I think it's really important that we make uh, music instruction available to students because it can be the reason that a student goes to school. That I think goes also for the arts, any of the arts. Those were the classes that really kept me engaged and involved. What are some of the happiest moments you have had in your school career? Happiest moments for me often come at the end of the year when I'm watching a fifth grade promote uh, or a high schooler graduate. In my time at Point Arena, some of my happiest moments were watching the faces of these students who had gotten into college. I did some college essay workshops over there to help out with kids getting into college and some kids whose families um, hadn't attended uh, college before, first generation college students receiving those acceptances, that was extremely gratifying. Other things, you know, having been in education a long time, I have former students in their 30s and 40s even, and seeing their achievements and being connected to them through things like Facebook is very gratifying for me because, you know, they'll often reach back and thank me for something. Maybe it's something I don't even remember, but it it means a lot to me to know, to know that I've had an impact on others. 
You're listening to Inside Education. This is Michelle Hutchins, County Superintendent of Schools, and I'm interviewing Kristen Larson-Ballier, the Superintendent of Manchester Union Elementary School District. If you could wave a wand and change one thing about education, you can't say funding. I'm not going to say funding. because What would it be and why? (laughs) I would say parent engagement. We do pretty well here at Manchester Elementary School, but everywhere I've been, what I've noticed is that when a parent is truly engaged in the school and is truly supportive of their child's success at school, the child succeeds. I think in those instances where you don't have that parent engagement, you are aware of the very different opportunities that a student might have. And those are not all, those are not necessarily tied to finances. It's tied to a support and an orientation toward education. Boy, I've seen some kids do amazing things. And there's almost always a supportive parent behind that. Superintendent, Mendocino County is made up of many unique communities. If you ask residents from any of these communities what they love about where they live, each one will boast about the support their community gives to them and their neighbors. Most of our schools experience stable leadership. Knowing you live and work in a community eager to see you thrive, what support do you need? How can the residents of Manchester help you succeed? Wow, if they would just keep doing what they're doing. I am very, very fortunate in this community. I would say that I want to give a shout out to EduAct that is a wonderful uh, local organization um, that will send volunteers out uh, to help at the school. Um, A shout out to the many parents who show up for all of our functions. If we're looking for potluck donations or we're looking for extra help, whatever we're looking for, they're there. I think uh, just continued attendance at our events continued support of their students at home, continued volunteerism. Uh, We have a lot of retirees around here who have amazing life experience. To have them continue to come on out and keep on volunteering, I think that's what we need to succeed here. And we're we're pretty lucky. We've, We've got it going on right now. Excellent. Nice. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate that you took this time out and spent with the listeners of Mendocino County Public Radio. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Great. Thank you. This is Michelle Hutchins, County Superintendent of Schools with Inside Education. I'm interviewing Bruce Peters, who is the superintendent at Laytonville Unified School District. Superintendent Peters, would you tell us a little bit about what you did prior to July 1st, 2022? I was the principal of Lake Forest Elementary School in Eldorado Hills in Eldorado County, just outside of Folsom. And I was the principal for 15 years there. And I had been in the district since 99 overall as a teacher and vice principal. So I've been quite, quite a bit of my career was, was there. And then before that, I did two years in Rancho Cordova as a first grade teacher. I taught third grade when I moved up to Rescue Union School District, in, which is in Eldorado County, where I was previously. But for the most part, I've taught primary mainly worked in elementary schools. And to really go way, way, way back, I uh, started working as a high school aide when I was, you know, in the mid 80s as a high school student at Clear Lake High School. I started working in the elementary school for my previous, for my first grade teacher. So I was her aide and I started out working with kids then. It was probably about 1986, 87. 
I go pretty far back working with kids. I've always enjoyed uh, jobs that have to do with working with young people, whether it's coaching. Uh, I did a lot of lifeguard work, uh, worked at summer camps, also other camps. Uh, I was in Louisiana for a while going to LSU and I worked at a YMCA and, and worked in a, an after school program, mm-hmm. transported kids around the town from schools to the, the facility. And so it's been a really, it, it's been something that I go back to often since I was a teenager. You know, it's all led me to feeling like I'm ready to be a superintendent up here in Mendocino County. And it's been a wonderful thing. Well, that leads me to my next question, which is what inspired you to become a school administrator and move to such a remote part of California to lead a small school district? Well, moving up here is easy because I was born in Lakeport. I graduated from Clear Lake High. My family's been there for a really quite a long time. I think my father was born there. My mother went to Upper Lake High School. and My grandfather moved there in the 30s or something like that. So I go way back with rural uh, living. It was what I was always accustomed to growing up until I went to Chico State after I graduated. Coming back here was something that I really wanted in the background as I was, you know, I, I love where I've been. Started a life in El Dorado County with uh, my son going to high school there, but he finished last May. Has started in Chico State just last month. And it really gave me the opportunity to think about jumping from the next up to something with more responsibility. You know, the the reason I went to the office in the first place, even though I love teaching, was I just felt like I wanted to be able to share my, you know, my thoughts and being able to be a part of the solution on a bigger level than just my classroom. And I love teaching. Third grade was fantastic. I did that for five years. I just felt myself doing more and more things, budget committees, running the site council, there's other district committees. And I felt really great about how I was able to help be a part of the solution and help be a piece of the district at that time. And so I thought it was time for me to move up and and maybe learn some administrative duties and see if I could be an influence on a larger level. And I think this is just the next logical step after, you know, I think it was 18 years of, of elementary school administration. I felt like I was ready. You know, the time was right for, for me to find the best place to be now. Uh, that my son doesn't need me day to day. And uh, this was this came up and it's been a perfect match. It, it was exactly what I wanted. Uh, it's small size, but it's it's connected to the community. Connect, I know all of the students. I'm, I'm meeting them more every day. There's only 350 here. So I think before long, I'll know everybody by name like I did before at my previous elementary school. It allows me to do district level work and feel like I'm, I'm having an influence that way. But at the same time, I get to see kids and families and, and work with coworkers every single day in an area of California that I always wanted to come back to. So it, I couldn't have asked for a better situation. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. You're listening to Bruce Peters, superintendent of Laytonville Unified School District. Well, superintendent Peters, what are your short-term goals, let's say for the first hundred days? And then what do you see as your long-term goals that you'll want to accomplish? Uh, short term, really, I think most administrators in California would give you a similar answer over the next six months or so, however long it takes to really start to reestablish the sense of normalcy that we haven't had since the beginning of 2020. I know it's been done to death and said to death, and people are t- probably tired of hearing of the COVID days. I know that I am, but realistically, that gap in time that we have to reset our, our, our systems and our expectations, and we have to come together. Uh, as a community and as a school system and connect with families and just try to get back to some normalcy that we had lost. And it's longer, it's taking longer than I think people recognized. I think every school district is doing everything that they can 
to re-engage everyone and, and help reset expectations and, and, and really work to try to get student achievement back to the top of the list of what we're worried about, which is our, our main job, you know, without having to be health department officers and, and do things that were really new to us as, as school people. So really trying to reestablish that. But for me personally, you know, starting in Laytonville and having being in such a, a, a tight-knit community, it, it's really making connections with everybody I possibly can. I've really worked to, I've met with the, the Kato tribe a couple of times now. I really, in, I've, I've met with many of the different uh, school leaders. I've met with community leaders. I'm trying to make myself as available as, as possible so I can really understand all the different ways that this great community works together uh, for the good of its students. And Laytonville Unified is, to me, it seems like the hub of the whole town. I mean, we employ probably the most people. We have a connection to hundreds of families. And so really for me, it's really to establish myself and, and make that connection. So I feel like I'm doing my job the very best I can, connecting people and coming up with answers for people when they have issues and leading in the best possible way that I can with people that have been here a while that, that have the same goals, that want Laytonville students to succeed. So it's a lot all at once, but really reconnecting is the biggest thing. In the long term, of course, you know, I always want the best academically for every student here. I, I, I'm i new to the high school system. I only, I was a K-8 uh, employee for, the, for most of my career prior to coming up here, but the high school life is wonderful. I love having that new challenge in front of me and the connection and learning new, new things about the high school district because, you know, you have the sports and you have kids that have goals to go to college and there's all these big things that I didn't always get to see as a, as a kindergarten through eighth grade person. So it's really trying to open as many doors, not just for eighth graders who go to high school as I used to do, but now it's seniors in high school who are, I'm hoping to help prepare the best way that I can for whatever adult goals that they want, whether it's college, the workforce, whatever. And I'm really excited about that. And I, we have a lot of great things already in place with career education and our high school has been successful for many years. But really that's that's the biggest thing is just continuing to increase that pathway. So students, when they get out of 12th grade here in Laytonville, they have the option to do whatever their heart desires. What do you foresee to be your challenges of being an educational leader in Laytonville? I love how small and connected we are here. I think that's a strength. But one of the challenges that brings is, you know, you only have so many resources. A small group of people are doing a lot of different things all the time. And that can be challenging at times. I mean, I love, I personally have loved the fact that I get to have day-to-day -day operations with the maintenance department, food service, transportation, curriculum things, each working with each school every day. I'm doing that as a superintendent, but we have a lot of employees here that also have multiple jobs because the pool of people here working is rather small, you know, with a budget of only, you know, that, that's much smaller than most districts where I came from in the Sacramento and uh, Folsom region. You know, more people have to be versatile. And so it really, really is important to find great people, keep people um, happy with their jobs, listen to them, make sure that they have everything they need because we rely on every last person that we get here deep greatly because there just aren't, aren't a whole lot of people in Laytonville that are available to work. And so we're so happy to have people hired here from the community and they love this community. They want to be a part of making this school district great. The challenges are, is that you know, there, there's a lot less people to, to draw on. And so those people get, they have a lot of weight to carry sometimes. It's, it's, it's something that I'm used to coming from a bigger district where you have a lot more people working in different departments and, and doing specialized things. Uh, here, we have less people and they have to be good at a lot more things. My challenge is to, to try to make sure that they're as supported as possible and, um, and so they can do their jobs well. 
Superintendent Peters, what has been the most surprising aspect of leading your school community so far, good or bad? I've enjoyed working with older kids a lot more than I realized I would. It's a little, it can be a little bit intimidating, you know, because they're young adults and, you know, middle school wasn't my greatest years as a, as a student either. And I know those can be challenging years for kids. been really fantastic to work with the community and the parents and see them at games. And, and um, you know, I, I've really been surprised at how much I love working with older kids and all the opportunities that are there with them through, you know, we have welding, we have a great welding program, we have a great culinary program, we have all of these things that I didn't, I wasn't able to do as an elementary person, that now are things that I get to help help be successful here in Laytonville. That's really been the biggest plus so far. You're listening to Inside Education. This is Michelle Hutchins. I'm County Superintendent of Schools, and I'm interviewing Bruce Peters, Superintendent of Laytonville Unified School District. Superintendent Peters, let's talk a little bit about COVID recovery in your schools. Realizing that much of this planning may have occurred before you joined the school community, what kinds of strategies is your school implementing or plans to implement to keep students safe and recovering from unfinished learning or from any potential unfinished learning? Yeah, you know, as I was saying before, I I, I think that the the unfinished learning and learning gaps are you know, whatever term we want to use to uh, talk about uh, missed time in the classroom over the last couple of years is something that every school administrator is struggling with. You know, we have a lot of things in place. We are trying to hire more and more intervention teachers. We have a whole lot of, of cleric, or, uh, classified you know, classroom support. Every classroom has an aide here at the elementary school to assist the teacher to try to break down the lessons to, to the multiple levels that you're seeing right now, because some students did very well at home learning and others not so well. And we're trying, and, and the biggest challenge for the teacher is trying to be able to, to, to move everyone forward when you have those, that giant spectrum of, of learning need. More per, more people is, is helps. Even though in Laytonville, as I was saying before, you know, it, it is hard sometimes filling all of these jobs. It's been great getting a lot of the state money that we've received Laytonville has done a great job trying to put it to good use with after-school funds, summer programs, uh, extended learning opportunities, personnel, everything that we can to try to give every student the best opportunity to try to make, to try to get, catch up with those gaps that were created over the last couple of years. Uh, Safety-wise, I think we had a lot of great things in place anyhow. I think we had a lot of, you know, all the sanitation things that were already in place when I came in. They were very well done, and I know that the staff and the community was involved in that all along the way. We are transitioning towards more normalcy, but we're not quite there yet. There are going to be times when COVID will still be a situation that keeps adults at home and then we have to find substitutes. That's another thing we're working on, finding people to, to fill in. And when someone goes out for a couple of days, so filling in so that kids aren't losing the experience of learning because of COVID. It's not always a perfect system. I think we've gotten used to it over the last couple of years to where people are incredibly flexible and understanding with that. Safety is always going to be the biggest issue that any that we ever deal with here at school. And so it's always at the top of my priority list. So, I mean, I'm optimistic that we're going in the right direction, but there are still challenges here. But we've had a lot of great things in place so far, despite some bumps in the roads. We're still we're moving ahead and I'm feeling really good about it. Superintendent Peters, how do you plan to engage parents as active participants in their child's education? Well, now that the uh, the state recently lifted some of the vaccination requirements, I think it even it gives school districts and schools even more leeway to bring parents back who were who were absent from schools for for quite some time. I know in my previous school, 
uh, we weren't able to have volunteers for the better part of two years who weren't vaccinated. And now that's starting to become a situation to where it's not as big an issue. It's still a challenge and you still have to make sure that you have kids are safe and we're still testing people as, as we can. Engagement of the community has been a big part of my, my personal goals as a superintendent this year. Um, attending all the functions, inviting people to back to school nights, really helping the communication part of the job. And that we are in a remote area. Finding every possible way to communicate has been something that I've really tried to focus on through our, our apps, our websites, our, our phone alerts, email, anything that we can to let people know what's available here so that they're informed and know about every opportunity to come be a part of their child's education, uh, whether it's serving on many, many of the councils, advisor committees, helping out in classrooms. We're really starting to push forward that way more than we've been able to the last couple of years. So, you know, it's still a work in progress, but uh, it's something even at the board meeting tonight I was going to share a little bit about because I think it's, it's I've always believed that no matter how great your school is, it only becomes truly, truly great when you have the homeschool connection and families are able to also be a part of their child's lives. And so many people want to do that. I just don't think they've known how to do it over the last couple of years. And so part of my job will be reintroducing ways to the community and working with staff to try to let people know that we do truly want them back and it's okay to be back and we need you. It's, it's the way that this school district runs best. Yes. Superintendent Peters, moving back to you personally, how has starting a new job in a new community been for you? You know, it's been great. I, I, I love the small community. Like I said before, I, I grew up in one, and I, and I know that personal relationships are huge in a small community like Laytonville. And it's amazing to me, Laytonville is even smaller than where I grew up in Lake County. And there is so much connection between people, which is wonderful. I mean, I learned every time I talk to a new person, I find out that they're related to somebody else. They're often working at the school or another family. or There's so many different connections here. It's, it's really a cool thing that's really been the biggest part of it is this continuing establishing these relationships and trying to find the way that I fit into Laytonville, having not grown up here because many of the people that, that still live here and teachers who come back to, they want to come back to give back to Laytonville because they, they love this, this town and being nearby, but not from Laytonville. I mean, I have to find my place and really look for the key people to, to find inspiration from and learn how I can help them even though I'm not born Laytonville, I, I can definitely be a part of this community and do everything that I can to let people know that I care about everybody here as well. I really love that about the place, but it takes time. You know, you have to go person to person in a place like Laytonville, but you can do it. I mean, there's, you know, it's about 11, 1200 people and we have 350 kids at the school district. And that's really been a big focus for me is to just get out there and meet as many people as I possibly can. You're listening to Superintendent Bruce Peters from Laytonville Unified School District. Superintendent Peters, what about your own education? What were some of the most important memories you have from years you were in school? You know, it's funny as a teacher and as a student, you usually don't remember the great math lesson that, that taught you something. You usually remember how you felt when a, a teacher or a, a coach or somebody at the school just showed a really deep sense of caring. So where you knew that they wanted you to succeed, you know, and I had a lot of people growing up in, at Lakeport Elementary where I just, I felt cared for. It's wonderful to have a family who cares for you, but it's also great to be able to go to your home away from home, which is your school where you spend such a big part of your life and go in there knowing that people care about you as well and that you are there to look after you, after you just like they were your own parent. You know, I, I felt a lot of that throughout my K-12 education. 
and it does inspire you to, to have belief in yourself that you can do anything, even when times are hard, or it helps you feel like you can reach out to somebody when things are hard and, and ask for help. You're not reluctant to do that with someone who you know really cares about you. So that was something for me. I always felt uh, that even in times when I struggled as a student, there were people who wanted me to do well. I never questioned that. So that's what I try to do for others as much as I possibly can. When you lie in bed at night, what do you think about in terms of improving education? I worry about about just having enough support to help students thrive. It's hard because we've had so much focus on just getting kids to school. And it used to be that we had all of this pressure for test scores and the dashboard and all these things that in my old school were very high priority. Here, I mean, it's it's a lot. Sometimes it's just it's basic needs. You know, it's making sure that the kids are fed, making sure that they're getting to school, making sure that they have all the emotional supports that they need from professionals here. And I think we do a great job in Laytonville. But, you know, I worry about every last student being okay and being new to the area. I'm still getting to know every family. But that's what I want to do. I want to know every last student so that my coworkers here in Laytonville, all of us feel like no one falls through the cracks. And if someone's in crisis, we can help them. Or if we know that they are the kind of student who is ready to thrive to bigger and better things and can use advanced lessons or advanced classes working with Mendocino College, whatever it is, I want to make sure that I know about it so that I can be a part of that and offer those opportunities for every last student, no matter what, where they're at in life right now. Well, thank you. Those are all the questions I have for you today. I really appreciate that you gave Public Radio your time. Well, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, the listeners say thank you for sure. This is Michelle Hutchins, County Superintendent of Schools, with tonight's edition of Inside Education. This concludes our show this evening. Thank you for supporting listener-supported community radio. Have a good evening, Mendocino County. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.